0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: It's over.
2: But will the pandemic mean actress Lori Lachlan won't serve any time in prison? How is that punishing her? That's a joke.
1: Then, the shooter at the mall.
3: Did the pandemic throw him over the edge? Yes a dark soul. Plus, President
1: Trump finally wears a mask, but won't let anyone take a photo. (gasps) And Dr. Fauci's back. And look who's got him, Julia Roberts. And how to have a safe Memorial Day barbecue.
4: Rule number one, avoid community dishes.
1: Plus, the nurse in hot water for wearing a bikini. (laughs) Then wait till you see what Matt Lauer tattooed on his arm. And the forgotten pandemic. More victims than COVID-19. I thought I was going to die and I was young. The untold story of the Hong Kong flu and the lessons we can learn from it today.
5: There are major differences between the two pandemics. And
6: the proper tip you should leave. What's appropriate and what's not. This is a time not to be cheap.
1: Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norval.
7: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. We'll have the latest on the coronavirus pandemic in just a moment. But up first today, actress Lori Laughlin is ending her fight with the federal government. Laughlin and her husband have agreed to plead guilty to their role in the college admission scandal in exchange for two and five months, respectively, in prison. As Diane McInerney reports, it's a far cry
2: from the 40 year sentence they might have gotten if found guilty at trial. Lori Lachlan is going to prison, maybe. The actress and her fashion designer husband, Massimo Giannulli, are pleading guilty for their roles in the college admission scandal. The guilty pleas are a major surprise. For more than a year, they had both vowed to fight the charges and go to trial, even after so many other parents embroiled in the scandal had fessed up. Just two weeks ago, they sought to dismiss the charges. So
5: why are they accepting their fate now? I think it might have been a strategic plan to do this when the COVID-19 is going on because once they get this plea, once they get the final sentence, they might be able to get out of jail a little bit early if they claim they want to be safe because of what's going on with COVID-19. Other high-profile inmates have been released early due to the outbreak, including just today,
2: President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, who will complete his sentence under house arrest at his luxury Manhattan apartment. Oh boy, I hope they like us. In the plea deal, the actress who played Aunt Becky on Full House will be sentenced to two months in prison and 100 hours of community service for conspiracy to corrupt the college admissions process. Janouli will be sentenced to five months. They are scheduled to formally enter their pleas on Friday at 11.30 a.m. via video conference in federal court. How is that punishing her? I spoke with Dance Moms Abby Lee Miller who served eight months for bankruptcy fraud. So when you heard the sentence was going to be so light, how did you react? It's it's just crazy. It's crazy how the system works. I feel like she got one over on the system, so she had the right attorneys. Authorities say Lachlan and Januli paid $500,000 to get their daughters Olivia and Isabella into USC by pretending they were standout athletes. This photo of Olivia on a rowing machine was staged by her parents. Olivia just posted these old photos with Lachlan on Mother's Day. I am so blessed to be your daughter and so proud to call you mom. I love you. Felicity, anything to say? Fellow actress Felicity Huffman served 11 days in prison for her role in the scandal. How do you think Lori will be treated in prison? People will give her tennis shoes. They'll give her their t-shirts and nightgowns and everything. They'll love her. She's one of America's sweethearts.
7: People Magazine says Lachlan and her husband regret not taking the first deal they were offered because they'd be out of jail by now. Other news today, it's perhaps a grim sign that America is returning to normal. A shooter opened fire at a shopping center in Arizona, injuring three people before he was taken into custody. A good friend of the suspect told us what it was like to watch the shooting unfold live. Armando
3: Jr. Hernandez. The young man charged with carrying out last night's shooting rampage in a Phoenix mall was frustrated because the mall's movie theater was closed. The fact that the movie was not showing because of the pandemic, this sort of set him over the edge. The man disappeared in court in Phoenix charged with three counts of aggravated assault and other charges prosecutor said he was an incel, involuntary celibate, and intended to kill at least ten people. This heart-stopping video shows the rampage coming to an end. He fires. There's a screech of tires. He stalks around the parking lot, apparently looking for more victims, then throws up his hands, kneels down, and meekly surrenders to police. Police say he shot three people at the Westgate Mall outside Phoenix. He actually posted video of the shooting live on Snapchat. His okay. high school pal, um, Devin Cordoba, watched the attack unfold live. I saw
0: him pulling up the Westgate and loading up the gun
3: and telling that he's, he's going to be uh, the 2020 shooter of Westgate. And I was like, what's going on? The video posted by the gunman is troubling. He shows off his assault rifle and says, let's do this. He's then seen firing wildly. At one point, he points his weapon towards a woman who's already injured and she begs for her life saying, you already got me, dude. His friend says the worldwide pandemic crisis may have put the mentally disturbed Hernandez over the edge. Just wants to just go back to normal society. So that's why he want to start shooting people. Actually, he said.
5: You think that's related to coronavirus?
3: Yeah. Damn, bro. There was panic at the hey, sprawling shooting. mall when the gunfire erupted. Shots fired me by Dave and Buster. I have two people down over by Johnny Rockets.
2: I have one with gunshots and, and another with broken femur.
3: Inside the mall, which had just reopened after the lockdown, terrified staff and customers took cover as bullets shattered windows. Oh, this wasn't all the They cowered as police SWAT teams searched the mall. No,
7: they'd be telling us to get down. You wonder how bad this could have
5: been if we were talking about a packed mall, not to mention that this shooting is happening still amid a pandemic where anxieties are very
7: high. The mayor says that because of the pandemic, there were fewer people than usual at the shopping center, which probably prevented this from becoming a massacre. If the lockdown in the United States had begun just one week earlier, 36,000 people would not have died. And if the lockdown had begun on March the 1st, 54,000 lives would have been spared. That's the conclusion of researchers at Columbia University who say even a small change in when the lockdown began would have made an enormous difference. Here's the latest on the battle against the coronavirus.
8: The president wore a mask today but refused to let photographers record the image. Well, I did
1: wear, I had one on before. I wore one in this back area, but I didn't want to give the press the pleasure of seeing it.
8: There's the mask in his hand. It happened as he toured a Ford Motor Company plant in Michigan where he faced this ultimatum from the state's
2: attorney general. We are just asking that President Trump comply with the law of our state. If he fails to wear a mask, He's going to be asked not to return.
8: And Dr. Fauci is is back. (gasps) The nation's top virus expert spoke with Julia Roberts today. And get this, it was the superstar who was totally starstruck. Oh, this is such a thrill. We haven't heard from him in a while. He didn't say a word at his last appearance with the president Friday, leading many to wonder, was he being silenced by the White House?
5: Where is Dr. Fauci? He has not been as visible, he hasn't been as vocal. We haven't heard from him every day as we were for a while.
8: Today, he and renewed his call for a cautious to return to business now. as usual. Now is not the time to tempt fate and pull back completely. In Boulder, Colorado, college students defied social distancing rules to party on the banks of a river.
5: to social distance.
8: And we're seeing more in-person graduations. In Dallas, at the Texas Motor Speedway, <laughs> and in Alabama at a baseball stadium, where the students were seated six feet apart.
0: Are the celebrations worth the risk?
8: Yes, according to a group of 500 doctors who wrote to the president, supporting his push to end the shutdown, warning of millions of casualties from alcoholism, homelessness, suicide, and financial hardship. The group is led by Dr. Simone Gold, an ER doctor in Los Angeles.
4: We believe that Americans are not understanding the harmful, health effects of the shutdown. It's not a political movement.
8: The front page headline in the New York Post today also called for the shutdown to end in the city most afflicted by the pandemic. But a new study is projecting the national death toll will skyrocket to 350,000 by the end of June if all 50 states fully reopen. And this nurse from hard-hit Russia was reprimanded for wearing a bikini under her hospital gown. She claimed the PPE made her too hot, and she didn't realize just how
7: see-through her gown was. Think smart. That's probably the best advice when it comes to planning your Memorial Day. Some places will be having parades. Others wouldn't even think of it. The rules do vary widely from state to state, so Megan Alexander has some holiday do's and don'ts. Parades have been a Memorial Day staple for more than 150 years.
4: But in many communities, not this year. However, you can still celebrate the unofficial start of summer if you use common sense. What's Memorial Day without grilling? I've got my hot dogs going. But the real question is, can you invite friends over for a barbecue? Biologist Erin Bromridge says if you live in a state hit hard by COVID-19, you want to be especially careful.
8: If you're going to have parties, make sure it is with fewer people, uh, fewer households, so that you're not part of the the disease transmission chain.
4: He recommends wearing masks and says you must still practice social distancing.
8: You can put an object between the two families, such as a big table. Uh, Just essentially keep that six feet distance away from
0: the other family.
4: So, how do you serve the food? Rule number one, avoid community dishes. For example, you don't want a bunch of hands going into one bag of potato chips. Instead, you can serve individual packets of chips. This also applies to desserts. Replace the giant tub of ice cream with individual ice cream sandwiches. And for beverages, avoid the giant solo container of lemonade and instead give your guests individual fruit juices and sodas. What about that Memorial Day pool party? My boys love to splash around, but is it safe? Experts say the chlorine in the water should kill the virus. And what about contact sports?
8: Anything that brings two faces close together, such as basketball and a game of football, that's going to be a potential problem with people breathing and breathing in your face.
4: He says multiple people tossing a ball to one another is not a good idea because they could be passing the virus to all the players. Golf should be okay, and take a hike, if that's your thing. To repeat, use your common sense and enjoy the holiday.
7: The world, of course, has been consumed by the COVID-19 pandemic, but this is not the first pandemic to decimate the world. And I'm not talking about the Spanish flu of 1918. Turns out there was another, often forgotten, pandemic back in the 1960s. As Cagliano explains, it was called the Hong Kong flu.
5: Did you know there was a previous pandemic in our lifetime? The year was 1968, soldiers returning from Vietnam brought home the Hong Kong flu. The similarities to our current plight, are striking. A total of 100,000 people lost their lives to the Hong Kong flu in America alone. We're now nearing the same sad milestone today with COVID-19. Some of the most powerful people in the world have been hit with COVID-19 and it has penetrated the president's inner circle.
3: My fellow Americans,
5: In 1968, the Hong Kong flu struck President Lyndon Johnson. He'd said it was the worst he ever felt in his life. Famed NASA astronaut Frank Borman was also stricken as he orbited the moon on Apollo 8.
2: God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth.
5: But there are major differences between the two pandemics. During this crisis, we get constant updates on our smartphones and from 24-hour news sources. Back then, it was mostly limited to daily papers and network evening newscasts. Information did not flow as quickly as it does today.
1: People weren't aware back then that it was a pandemic.
5: Jim Poling was hit with the Hong Kong flu when he was 25 and living in New York City. Then, as now, the city was the epicenter of the pandemic in America. He wrote a book about it called Killer Flu.
6: It's the sickest
1: I've ever been in my life. I thought I was going to die and I was young.
5: Today, we are in lockdown. Businesses are shuttered. Stadiums are empty. Unemployment is at historic highs. Not so during the Hong Kong flu pandemic. That's right. The legendary Woodstock Music Festival took place on the tail end of the pandemic in 1969. And talk about no social distancing. Having now lived through his second worldwide pandemic, Jim Poling says he knows one thing for sure. This
1: is going to happen again.
5: We'll be right back.
1: Next, wait till you see what Matt Lauer tattooed on his arm and the proper tip you should leave. What's appropriate and what's not. This is a time not to be cheap. And the little boy's pandemic plea.
5: Can you give me a haircut, please?
1: Inside Edition with Deborah Norville, will be right back.
7: Disgraced former Today Show anchor Matt Lauer has never given an interview about the accusations that ended his career. His recent opinion piece for a website appears to be his most extensive comments. And in defending himself, he seems to be taking a shot at some former colleagues. Matt Lauer is sporting a new tattoo on his arm, and it's a
8: message that must be close to his heart. Hatred corrodes the container, it's carried in, the tattoo declares in cursive. He was photographed in the Hamptons driving a BMW. Notice the expensive Rolex watch. The new photo comes on the heels of a scathing article Lauer wrote, in which he appears to be taking a dig at his former Today Show co-hosts, Savannah Guthrie and the woman who replaced him, Hoda Kotb. The rush to judgment was swift, Lauer writes on the website Mediaite. In fact, on the morning I was falsely accused of rape and before I could even issue a statement, some journalists were already calling my accuser brave and courageous. While the presumption of innocence is only guaranteed in a court of law, I felt journalists should have, at the very least, recognized and considered it. This is how the co-host reported the claims made by NBC producer Brooke Nevels that Lauer allegedly raped her during the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics.
4: This is shocking mm-hmm. and appalling and um, I honestly don't even know what to say mm-hmm. about it. I want to say that we um, I know it wasn't easy for our colleague Brooke to come mm-hmm. forward then it's not easy now mm-hmm. and we support her and any
7: women who have come forward with claims. I think we're going to just sort of continue to process this part of, of this horrific story and as you said you know our thoughts are, are, are with Brooke It's not easy what she did to come forward it's not easy at all.
8: Judging by his new tattoo, Lauer is apparently trying to not let anger at his former colleagues get to him.
7: Lauer has always denied the rape allegation, claiming the relationship was consensual. We'll be back with more Inside Edition right after this. Have you had food delivered in during the lockdown? And if you did, did you tip the delivery person? Too many people don't. And many people don't realize just how important those tips are, especially during the pandemic. And there's a right way to do it. Jim Murray has details. A
6: pizza delivery guy gets upset because he didn't get a tip. tip. Eh, what? Yeah, what? He gets into it with the customer. I don't make money if I don't get tips. The delivery guy was fired. This Instacart shopper says she was stiffed on a fifty-five dollar tip.
4: It's just a punch to the gut. You just feel like, wow, this is, you know, the type of people. People that let them out here serving at this time with this pandemic
1: going on.
6: Etiquette expert Thomas Farley has a tip on tipping in this era of COVID-19. If your financial means allow, tip up to double what you normally would for takeout and for delivery. You can often make it clear in advance if you intend to tip generously. Let's say you use your phone to order from a local restaurant. You order pizza, pasta, some meatballs. You put in your address, and in this case, there's a spot where you can say how much You intend to tip. Less than an hour after I place the order, here's my food delivered by DoorDash. Have you been doing okay on tips? Um so so. So so yes. Anybody stiff you? Of course. Do they really? Yeah, of course. I slipped the guy an extra twenty dollars in cash. Thank you, very thank you very much. As for that no-tip pizza guy, our etiquette expert has this take. I don't approve of the language the delivery person used. With that said, I think the sentiments that he expressed were probably very similar sentiments that a lot of delivery people around the country are feeling right now.
7: I don't make money if I don't get tips. Turns out that pizza was ordered by some teenagers who say they didn't know they were supposed to tip. And when we come back, the little boy who really, really wants a haircut. Finally today, the video that's gone viral of a little boy with a complaint a lot of us can relate to.
8: Four-year-old Jason really wants a haircut.
5: My hair is getting really long and I don't like it this way.
8: He lives I'm in really Pennsylvania where barber shops remain closed.
5: I want mommy to can, cut your hair. No. Can you give me a haircut, please? I really don't like my hair this way.
7: We feel for you, Jason.
5: I really need a haircut.
7: A lot of us need a haircut. That is Inside Edition for today. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Deborah Norville. Stay safe, and we'll see you again next time.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash
2: survey.